Bibles, and uh, we'll read just a few verses of Scripture, and then I'll have you be seated. Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost, that day that we're celebrating today, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, I'm not going to give a whole lot of background. You can study this out. But the day of Pentecost actually was a celebratory time for the Jewish people, remembering the giving of the law on the mount. So it was a day in the calendar. And the Bible says it was fully come. It had arrived. And they, the congregation, were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, after this phenomenon happens, the Bible says that Peter steps up, one of the apostles, and anytime something happens, a preacher is usually nearby to preach a little bit. Peter decided to take the pulpit and preached about what was happening and the, the basis, the old, even the Old Testament scripture basis for this. He preached a short message, but then verse 37 of that second chapter says this, when they heard this, the congregation, the people there, when they heard this, his sermon, they were cut to the heart or convicted. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Note the progression here. They heard the word preached. They were convicted in their heart and driven to action. It wasn't simply just hearing it and walking away, but they were driving. What do we have to do? Verse 38 of Acts 2. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, it is from the fourth verse of Acts 2 that I will lift my title today, where the scripture says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm simply preaching today in this house you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you set your Bible down and pray with me that that will happen in this house in the next few minutes. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we give this time to you, the preaching, the receiving of your word, and everything that will happen as a result. Lord, we are doing what we can do. We're asking you now to do what only you can do. Only you can convict hearts. Only you can fill people with your spirit. And so we're asking you to confirm your word today. And I will thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone, would you say amen? amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know we've got a good crowd, a big crowd here today. And I think it's important that especially when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit... Uh, that we give a little bit of instruction. And so I'm going to just instruct right now. Uh, at the close of my sermon today, we're simply going to have prayer for people who would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to give God opportunity to do what he said he would do. We're just going to let the Lord work. And so let me tell you what that will look like because I want to try to uh, demystify what happens in the church today. 
At the close of the message today, I'll ask some of our prayer team, some people that just enjoy praying with other people to come and stand along the front. And I will simply make an appeal for anybody in this house that would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you, had, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you would like to be refreshed or refilled in the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful thing, and we'll ask you to come. Here is my promise to you. Nobody is going to do anything to anybody to make them feel awkward. Nobody. We're not going to push you over. We're not going to give you a back rub. We're not going to make you feel awkward. We are simply going to pray with you, if you're hungry for the Spirit of God, that God will fill you with His Spirit. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask all of us to have courage right now and simply to believe that that gift is for us today. Amen. And, and, we, and we'll give God an opportunity to fill people today. I am preaching this morning about a gift. I'm preaching about a baptism. I'm preaching about a new birth and outpouring. Because what I'm preaching about is a gift. It cannot be earned. It's something free from the Lord. It is not something to achieve, but rather something to receive. Now, I will tell you this gift that I preach of today is a lot better than I can explain it. And it is a whole lot better than these words can say in preaching about it. This indwelling of God's Spirit affects us not only in the present, but it is God's way of guiding and directing us for the rest of our lives. I am preaching on a subject today that I have seen countless others experience. I've seen it from one coast of this country to another. I've seen it from the north border by Canada to the southern border by Mexico. I've seen it overseas, and I've seen it a whole bunch, praise the Lord, locally here in Cabot. Back in 1989, I was preaching in northern Wisconsin, in Park Falls, Wisconsin. It was a Sunday evening, and I witnessed a man almost 90 years old baptized with the Holy Spirit in the prayer room before the service began. So I have seen elders receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have seen as young as five years old lift up their precious hands at an altar time of a service and was baptized with the Holy Ghost. I have seen a deaf person baptized in the Holy Spirit you say, well, Brother Gaddy, does a deaf person speak with tongues? Yes. A deaf person spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, just like a person that has their hearing. Mothers, fathers, children, elderly, young, first-time church attenders, those who have been around church for years, those whose mother tongue is English, those whose mother tongue is Tagalog, or Spanish, or Italian, or some other language of the world. All have been filled, and all have received the Holy Spirit. So I am preaching of something that I have witnessed with my eyes. However, I am also preaching something that I have experienced myself. So I'm not just preaching what I've seen God do in other people. 
I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke with other tongues the very first time I was filled with the Spirit as the Spirit gave me the ability to do that. And I'm thankful for it. According to the book of Acts in the Bible, the work of the Holy Spirit was never subconscious. I want you to get this today. It was not a silent influence, but rather it was experiential and it manifested in terms that our senses observe. This is why when you and I open our Bibles and read about someone being filled with the Spirit, it's not just an ethereal moment that nobody knows about, but time after time after time, when there was a manifestation of God's Spirit in Scripture, it was evident in senses that people could see. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, verse 2, and verse 4, the first time, according to the Bible, that people were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, they spoke with tongues... And it was something obvious to the senses. Let me give you scripture for this. I'll read it again. We read it a few moments ago. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You go about eight chapters later in the book of Acts chapter number 10. And we will find the scripture tells us in the 44th verse, while Peter was preaching, speaking the words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. I want you to look at the 46th verse of chapter number 10. How did they know that the audience had been filled with the Holy Spirit, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The term itself, baptized in the Holy Spirit, is the word baptism at its root. It means to immerse or to be overwhelmed by the presence of God. It is an obvious happening. For instance... In just a few minutes, we're going to water baptize a couple of people in the water. And you know what? When they go down in the water, you will know they are in the water. Because baptism is by immersion. It's an obvious happening that is evident to the senses. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, the scripture says this, John truly baptized with water, John the Baptist, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, how many of you know that birth has a date attached to it? That's not spooky. That's just the truth. June 10, 1970 is a significant birth date. It's my birthday. January 7th is a very good day. You notice I omitted the year. Because it's my wife's birthday. December 1st, 1997 is a great date of a birth. It's my daughter's birthday. August 17th, 2000 is a great birth. It's the birth of the absent Landon Gaddy from church. <laughs> but that's not the only birth date that I know about. 
July 15, 1999 is the spiritual birth date of Angela Castile from this church. July 14, 1974 is the spiritual birthday of Sandra Capps from this church. February 24, 2010 is the spiritual birth date of Sam Barry right up here on the front row. June 28, 1981 is the spiritual birthday of Daryl McKinnon sitting right back here. June 23, 1995 is the spiritual birthday of Wendy Clark sitting on the front row. June the 10th, 1973 is the spiritual birthday of Pastor Larry Jimnich right back here. August the 2nd, 1987 is the spiritual birthday of Joe Ruff sitting right over here. Because when someone is born of spirit, it happens on a day. It has a date attached to it. And so I am thankful that somebody is going to leave this service and you're going to look back on your life and say it was May the 23rd, 2021, that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was born again of the Spirit. So the work of the Holy Spirit is not subconscious. It's something manifest to our senses. Number two, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is to be experienced. And it is for you. And it's for me. Look at yourself and look at your neighbor and say, it's for me and it's for you. Now there's a doctrine that is uh, prevalent in some people's beliefs today. And it's called the cessation doctrine. The cessation doctrine believes that the Holy Spirit was poured out, yes, but it was only for the 120 in the upper room. However, the book of Acts discounts this view. The Bible actually discounts that view because the scripture says it happened the first time in an upper room in Jerusalem, but then it says it continued to happen. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, I referenced in our text where uh, Peter was preaching, and he said, the promise is to you. What is he talking about, the promise? Well, here's what the scripture says. Behold, I send, Jesus said, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, in the book that is bearing the name, The Acts of the Apostles, Peter, as we have already established, preaches this initial sermon after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he says to the hungry people who are marveled by this, hey, you can receive the same Holy Spirit. And he said, this promise of the Spirit is to you and it is to your children and it is to all who the Lord will call. Everybody say it with me. The promise is for me. He's calling people today to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is why, and I want to make this real clear. When someone says to me, what does the Bible say, Pastor, about being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's very clear. I'm not going to add to the word. It says to repent, to turn from our sin, ask the Lord to forgive us. Be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, just like Jennifer did this past Sunday night after our Spanish service. And then the Bible says and you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not you might, not maybe, 
not if you have the right last name, not if you're good friends with the pastor. You shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. So let me preach it real simply. You want the Holy Spirit? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. It's not my reputation on the line. It's his reputation on the line. If we will do what God calls us to do, he will do what only he can do. A man by the name of R.A. Torrey wrote a book that was entitled Why God Used D.L. Moody. How many have ever heard of D.L. Moody before? Very famous name. He was an evangelist that God used mightily in the mid to late 19th century. And R.A. Torrey writes about this great man. And he said, the reason why D.L. Moody was so powerfully used by God is because he had a very definite, a very clear, and a definite baptism with the Holy Ghost. In his early days, Torrey wrote, he was a great hustler. He had a tremendous desire to do something, but he had no real power. He worked very largely in the energy of the flesh, but there were two humble Methodist women who used to come over to his meetings at the YMCA. One was called Auntie Cook and the other Mrs. Snow. These two women would come to Mr. Moody at the close of his sermons and say, we're praying for you, Reverend Moody. Finally, D.L. Moody, becoming somewhat upset by this, said to them one night, why are you praying for me? Why don't you pray for the unsaved people? And they replied this, we are praying that you may get the power. Mr. Moody didn't know what they meant, but he got to thinking about it. He went to the ladies later on in the meeting and said, I wish you would tell me what you mean about get the power. And they told him about the definite baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then he asked that they might pray with him and not merely pray for him, pray with him. And so, Auntie Cook once told of the intense fervor that took over D.L. Moody from that day. He not only was prayed for by these women, but they continued to pray for him not long after. One day on his way to England, he was walking up Wall Street in New York City. And in the midst of the bustle and the hurry of that city, his prayer was answered. Right on the sidewalk of New York City, D.L. Moody was baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came upon him in such a powerful way that he had to ask God to take his hand off of him lest he would die on the spot. He went out from that place with the power of the Holy Ghost on him. When he got to London, the power of God began to work mightily in his life. Hundreds of people were added to the church that was led to the power of God through his ministry. I've come to tell someone emphatically here today, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't mean to be mean about this, but I mean to be invitational about this. Your life can have a depth like you have never experienced before when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost. Mary Angel's right over here. She's one of our great Nexus students. Just a few weeks ago, Mary Angel went to a youth rally with Nexus Student Ministries. God baptized Mary Angel with the Holy Ghost. Ashley came up here for prayer last Sunday morning and God baptized her with the Holy Ghost. It's happening in English services. 
It's happening in Spanish services. It's going to happen in this room, and it's going to happen in that church. There's going to be a powerful visitation of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen in this house today. Somebody is going to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. You may be seated. So you may say, well, Pastor, what happens when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit? Number one, according to the Bible, we will speak with tongues. That's in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. The Bible says that the initial sign, not the only sign, but the initial sign is people speaking with tongues as the Spirit gives the evidence. Now, I've had people ask me before, do people have to speak in tongues to receive the Holy Ghost? And my question kindly is the same every time people ask me that. And it's simply, why do you ask that? Because in the church age, when people receive the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues. So I'm not going to argue with what God said in his word. The initial evidence, not according to Tim Gaddy, but according to this Bible right here, is that you would begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave. Now, how many of you here, this is not pre-coached, this is not planned. How many of you, when God baptized you with the Holy Spirit, you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance? Now, I want you to see those hands that are up in the air right there. That's not me trying to prime the pump. That's me just saying his word says it will happen, and people verify in this house that it will happen. Everybody say they will speak with tongues. Number two, when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, we receive power. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We've been in a great worship service this morning, but if you think worship makes you feel great, just experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whoo, man, I feel dangerous this morning. Whew. I have never, listen to me. I'm going to take my jacket off. I'm going to get comfortable today. I have never talked with someone after they lifted up their hands and asked God to fill them with the Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave. I have never talked to that person after the fact. And they said, mm, I wish that wouldn't have happened. Not the first time. But I've talked to countless people who God filled with his spirit and they began to speak with other tongues and they said, oh, I wish I would have asked for that a long time ago. I wish I would have asked for that baptism a long time ago. It puts a power. It puts a power inside of us. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are included in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit... We were all baptized into one body. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, You are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. The baptism of the Holy Spirit includes us in the body of Christ. What happens when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The Bible says that it fulfills the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Paul says, I preach to you the gospel that you have received and that saves you. And he says, first of all, I preach that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose from the dead. Isn't it interesting that that's the gospel according to Scripture? 
And when Peter preaches the action, when the Spirit convicts us, he says the first thing you do is you repent. Repentance is a dying out to myself, saying that I haven't done it right. I need you, Lord. He said then you are to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. We go in our Bibles and we see in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 where Paul said we are buried with him through baptism. And so we repent, we die out to ourselves, we go to the waters of baptism and are buried in his name. And then the scripture says we are raised to newness of life. Praise God. Think about this with me. The Bible says that Roman soldiers were standing there when Jesus died. They took him off the cross and they put him in the tomb. There was death and there was burial. That was at the hand of man. That is what man did. Man put him on that cross. Man put him in that tomb and buried him. But the third day, the Bible says, the stone began to roll back. No man did that. There wasn't a man pushing on that rock at the tomb. It was the power of God. And there was resurrection power that came. Hear, hear me right now. If we will repent, we'll die out. If we will be buried in the waters of baptism, we will do what man can do. And then God will do what only God can do. He will resurrect us. He will raise us to new life. He will fill us with his spirit. Praise God. Resurrection, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is a part of of the gospel. It's the gospel that Paul said, I am not ashamed of, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Amen. This experience saves us. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Now, I'm done preaching. I'm done. Got a few more instructions to give, but I'm done preaching. I'm going to tell you one story here in just a second. But I'm going to ask us right now to just be very sensitive to what's going on in this room. I'm just going to appeal as, as a pastor, as a communicator, as a preacher right now. Because there are going to be some people in the next few minutes that make decisions that impact the rest of their life. Okay? So let's, let's be aware of that and not move in and out and not distract anybody. You may say, well, okay, I'm here, pastor, and I'm hearing you preach. It's a good message, good word. How do I receive the Holy Spirit today? I'm going to put it up on the screen. You ready? The word of God is preached. Peter preached it at Pentecost. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God according to Scripture. So what has been happening in the last 26 minutes in this room is the word, you notice I've been reading Scripture, the word has been preached. And faith is rising because faith comes through the word of God, according to scripture. That's why, my friend, you feel it moving in you right now. That's why there's some in this room right now that are identifying with what pastor is preaching. And you're saying, you know what? If it can happen for other people, it can happen for me. That's faith rising in your spirit. Secondly, the Bible says they received the word. Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached, they received the word. Those that received the word gladly were baptized. It brought them to a place of doing something with what they heard. 
wasn't just, hey, that's a good sermon, pastor. I'll log that back in my mind. Let's go to Barnhills. But I'm hearing his word and I'm receiving his word to the point of responding to that. Number three, repent. We're going to do that together here in just a moment because that's the recipe in scripture. Number four, be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, I want you to notice in Acts chapter 2, it does not say that water baptism was to join the church. Water baptism was for the remission of sins. And so there's going to be a couple of people already and possibly more today that in just a few minutes are going to go in that tank right there. By the way, we got robes and towels. You don't have to get your clothes wet. And they're going to be water baptized for the removal of their sins. So I tell every person under the sound of my voice right now, if you have never been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you ought to be water baptized in the name of Jesus today in this tank. Hey, folks, that's not a sales job trying to get you to join this church. If it's for the removal of sin, that's more important than a church membership right there. So can I tell you something? We're ready to baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Fathers, wives, mothers, children, young adults, if you repent, you are a candidate for water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. This is, this is how you receive the Holy Spirit. And then notice what it says. We be, they began to praise God and speak out in faith. And in Acts chapter 10, when that atmosphere was there, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And I'm going to have you be seated, but I'll have you stand in just a moment. In, when I was 13 years old, I came into a Sunday service at my home church. And I had been taught since I was just a just little, little boy about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'd seen other people receive the Holy Spirit. I'd heard them speak with tongues. But I got to where I was 13, and I was wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember walking into that service and I sat right over on the side over here on the second row. My pastor got up to preach. He preached for a little while and uh, I don't really remember what he preached, but I was ready. All during that service I was saying, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he said at the close of his sermon, how many of you would like to pray? Now, when he said that, he didn't have to say it more than once. There was no like, Phoom. He didn't have to kind of say it three times, convince me, come on, Tim. Because I want to say again, God will meet us at the point of our hunger. So when he simply said, how many of you would like to pray? I got out from where I was. There were some people up here at the front like, we'll be in just a minute. And I just simply came forward. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and you're going you're gonna to hear me just be real brutally honest right here. Nothing cosmic happened to me when I stepped out of my, we were pews. We didn't have chairs. We were pews. Nothing, like, I didn't, like, see an angel or something. I just stepped out and came forward. It was very normal. <laughs> you know, there wasn't, like, blue haze came over the building. Yeah, I guess God can do that. But it was just a normal moment. Now, it was an emotional moment because I was feeling the desire to be filled with the Spirit, but it was a normal moment. And so I came forward, and I was standing right over here, and my pastor was just giving a little instruction. He said, now, we're going to pray. 
And we're simply going to ask the Lord to fill people with his spirit. And he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you just to lift up your hands. How many, how many times have we done that in our church before? We've done it a lot of times today. Just lift up your hands. Because when you lift up your hands, it's just a term of surrender to the Lord. Lord, I give you my life right now. Notice the position that I'm in right now. I'm open to him. That's one thing. That's another thing. And my pastor began to teach, and he said, just begin to worship the Lord and begin to worship him in your own tongue. And so you know what I did? I started praising God in English because that's, that's my language. I started saying, I love you, Lord. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. I had already repented of my sins in prayer and asked God to forgive me, and I just began to pray. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Before it ever happens, I just want to thank you for it. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And there were people that were around me that were praying with me. And they were saying things like this. You're doing good, Tim. Keep praying. You're doing great. And you know what's interesting? Looking back on that moment, and that was over 30 years ago. Looking back on that moment, we talk a lot about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a new birth. Do you know what I was doing when my wife birthed our kids? I was standing next to her going, you're doing good, babe. <laughs> Keep pushing. <laughs> Breathe, sweetheart. I was there to help that birth process. I've thought so many times about that looking back on when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had people around me who they weren't overwhelming me, but they were there helping me pray. You're doing good. That's what this prayer team is going to be. This prayer team can't give anybody the Holy Spirit, but we can join with you and pray and say, God, would you meet this person at the very point of their hunger right now? And then it happened. It happened quickly. I began to praise him in English, which I was doing, and my lips started quivering a little bit. And then, Brother Hughes, they started stammering a little bit, and I noticed it was a little harder for me to get the English words out. And people around me recognized that. They saw it. Remember, God manifests himself in our senses. And they saw that. And you know what they said? You're doing good, Tim. Keep praying. Don't shut that down. Keep praying. And the more I gave voice to that, the more the spirit began to speak out through me. Now, I've had people say to me before, well, Brother Gaddy, I have been at New Life before, and I, I, I'm kind of interested in this Holy Spirit baptism thing, but I've heard other people speak with tongues, and it, it sounds like they're speaking an actual fluent language. That's, a, that's an honest question. And to that, I would simply respond and say, well, probably that person has been yielding to that for a long time. Because how many of you, when your kids were born, they didn't come out of the womb saying, hey, Dad, what's going on? They just made utterances and sounds. But you know what we do as parents? We encourage them to do that. Because we know the more you yield to that, you can learn language. So if you come forward this morning and the Holy Spirit comes on you and you begin to stammer around a little bit, don't shut that down. Just begin to speak out whatever comes out. It's that spirit causing that language to come. And I'm here to tell you before we pray, if God can do that for me, he can do that for you. Let's stand together.
in order for his Holy Spirit to come, we must ask God to forgive us of anything unholy in our life. That's what repentance is. It's a turning from our sin. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Just bow your head with me right now. And and, and I'm going to ask you right now. I'm going to pray. And you can pray the same thing that I'm praying if you want to right now. But I'm going to ask you to pray yourself right now. And if you want to use similar words to what I'm saying, go ahead. But let, let your voice out right now. Don't worry about who's around you right now. We're all going to be praying together right now. No one's inspecting your prayer. No one's grading your prayer right now. But we are simply coming humbly before him. And we are saying, Lord, I need you today. God, I am in your holy presence right now. And I thank you, Lord, that your Bible says that if I confess my wrong, you will forgive me of that, Lord. And so I come humbly to you right now. Come on, say this out to the Lord right now. I come humbly to you right now, Lord. And I am asking you to search my heart right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, things that I have said, attitudes that I have had, ideas that have been impure, or actions themselves that have been sinful, I ask you to forgive me for that right now, Lord. I am not just praying and giving that to you. I'm turning from that right now, Lord. And I'm going to believe that your sacrifice on the cross paid for my forgiveness. Lord, I acknowledge my sin right now. I am voicing it. I'm saying it. I'm stating it before you, Lord. And I am also receiving your forgiveness. You said you are faithful and you are just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, tell the Lord that right now. Remind him of what his word says right now, family of God. Lord, you said if I would ask you to forgive me, you will forgive me. So, Lord, forgive me for lusting after things. Forgive me for having pride and arrogance, Lord. Forgive me for having my eyes on what other people have and and being envious and jealous or cheating, Lord. Forgive me for that. I ask for your forgiveness this morning. And I'm going to thank you for helping me and positioning me to fill me, Lord in the wonderful, powerful, saving name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. And I wish you would help me thank God for forgiving our sins right now. Would you help me just praise Him right now? Come on, it's simple, church. If we ask Him, He forgives us. We repent, Lord, and we embrace that forgiveness today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our prayer team, those that are going to help us pray and receive people for prayer, I'm going to ask you to step down here quickly if you would. His Spirit's going to be poured out today. Can I just say to every person here under the sound of my voice, listen, it's for you today. You can be filled with the Spirit of God. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to try to figure it all out. His spirit will fill. Here, if if you're here, I want to speak this because I feel this. If you're here and it's been a while since you were filled with the Holy Spirit and you feel that urge for that refreshing, maybe been away from God and you want that refreshing, I want to encourage you to let us pray together. That quick, God can refill you with his spirit. 
that quick, that quick, that quick. It doesn't have to take long. You can walk out of here a brand new person filled with the Holy Spirit. One more time, how many of you in this room know what it is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? All right, you ready? If you're here, just real quick, we're not going to start praying yet. We're just going to give a chance for people to come and respond. If you're here and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, or you want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, don't let anything stop you right now. I want you to step out from where you are, and I want you to come and just stand up here at the front. Just come quickly. Step out here and stand up here at the front. They're coming. They're coming. I want you to find someone to stand in front of right now. Come on. Come on. Nobody, nobody in this house is going to walk out of here and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Nobody's going to walk out of here and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray. Come on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Look at all these kids coming. Isn't that awesome? Come on, adults. The Lord's speaking to you right now. That's good. That's good. Come on. Come on. You say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Come on. We're just going to give another moment. You want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You want to be refilled in the Holy Ghost. Spirit's moving right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Praise God. Praise God. All right, everybody that came forward, I'm going to give another few moments because there's people responding to the presence of the Lord right now. There's people responding. It's awesome, awesome what God's doing. I'm going to give another moment because the Lord's Spirit's working right now. This is for whosoever will. This is for whosoever will. You can be a daddy of a family and be filled with the Holy Spirit today. You can be a mama. You can be a grandmother. You can speak English. You can speak Spanish. You can speak any language. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost today. All right, listen. Everybody who's up here is our prayer team. I want you to have the people that you're in front of. I want to have them look up here. Look up here. Look up here. Look at Pastor. Just stop praying. If you're praying, I want you to look up here at Pastor. Look up here at Pastor. Look up here at Pastor. Everybody look right here. When we pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to beg Jesus. It is a gift. All we have to do is be open to him. And we begin to pray. Lift your voice up and pray. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. And by the way, it can happen in the seats where you're at right now. We're going to pray together in the seats, and God can baptize you in the Holy Ghost in the seats right where you're at right now because we'll all pray together. But in just a moment, we'll all lift our hands up. We'll begin to speak out words to the Lord. And listen, look at Pastor. When that tongue starts to quiver a little bit, when that stammering lip comes, don't hold that back. Just begin to speak that out. The book of Isaiah said this, with stammering lips will he speak to his people. And then the scripture says, quoting that, in the last days he would pour out his spirit. So that's a part of this experience. You just yield to that and let that out. Let that go. Amen. How many of you believe God's going to pour his spirit out right now? Amen. I wish we would just entertain an atmosphere of worship right now all across this room. Whether you're a first-time guest or you're a member of this church, if you want to lift up your hands with me right now and say, Lord, I believe it's going to happen by the authority of the word of God. Come on, those of you that came for prayer, I want you to lift your hands up. I want you to begin to speak out in the name of Jesus. Let your voice out to the Lord. There it comes right there. It's happening already. Come on, it's happening already in somebody's life right now. Come on, it's happening already. It's filling people right now. Come on, we haven't been 10 seconds in and the Holy Ghost 
is being poured out in this altar right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and let your voice out right now. Let your voice out to the Lord. Speak it out to Jesus right now. By the authority of the Word of God and in agreement with the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost today. Receive the Spirit of God today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is being poured out today. The Spirit of God is flowing today. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, the Holy Ghost is being poured out right now. Spirit of God's being poured out right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, they're speaking with tongues right now. The Holy Ghost is being poured out today. Hallelujah, I receive it right now, Lord. I open up to it, God. I say yes to it, Lord. I say yes to it, Jesus. See you. 
the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit.